Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Thank you so much for joining us today and welcome you into America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Chaz Price and myself. My name is Chris Swan. 419-794-3030 is the phone number. It's 419-794-3030, online, ARHQ.com. On today's show, we don't want you to miss these retirement deadlines and we're going to talk about financial planning for parents of adult children with special needs, all this and more. But first, let me check in with the guys. Nolan, Chaz, glad to be with you as always. How are you today? Uh, doing great, yeah. Just uh, continue to be kind of in full swing with hockey with my son. So he's uh, playing uh, some preseason before high school season kicks off, and uh, I enjoy it. I have a great time. I know uh, winter is coming. The leaves are starting to change a little bit here in northwest Ohio, so it's always good times. For sure, yeah. Um, I'm glad to be back on the show. I've actually been the last couple of weeks in Cincinnati getting ready for our Social Security and Medicare event that's coming up this Wednesday, mm-hmm. and uh, we're excited about that. And so we're going to be talking about Social Security and, and how uh, that right decision that you make can really extend the useful life of your investment assets, which really is the goal, right, of is not running out of money. And I think that's what we're going to talk about uh, in upcoming events. And then um, was at the Zoo to Do this past week uh, on Friday. So it's kind of our premier networking event in Toledo. Um, you can kind of, you know, mull around, get some food, kind of uh, some drinks, visit some friends, and had a really good time. So check it out next year if you haven't gone. Well, glad to hear it, and welcome back. Glad to have you back on the show, Chaz. If you want more information about the upcoming events that America's Retirement Headquarters is hosting, including the uh, semi-annual economic summit coming up in a couple of weeks here, just go to ARHQ.com, click on the events tab, find out all about them, including how to go and reserve your seats. Let's start the show off with this, guys. Bill Gates just spent $95 million buying shares of the corporation that owns Bud Light, believing it's going to make a comeback soon. You know, there are plenty of stocks and industries that might be considered a bargain right now. How do you determine if there's enough upside to buy low and take advantage of the sale? Uh, you know, I think it's a great question and something that, you know, we do on a regular basis. Uh, a lot of the times what we do is we manage uh, money for our clients and often we go direct to the market. So uh, I know, Chaz, you serve on the investment committee as well as a lot of the folks here on the investment team do and have direct impact into the decisions that are being made about, you know, what do we have, what do we own? And when we look at this, when we're looking at, you know, bargains and, you know, determining kind of what could be a good mix to add to the portfolio, Chaz, I I know one of the things that you do in a lot of the meetings that we have together is you first ask somebody to kind of explain the methodology of their investing approach. And I think, you know, to determine, you know, where can I take advantage of the stock market, I think that's kind of the first step in figuring out that approach, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's definitely where I like to start. I find that you know, most of the time people don't have a, a methodology or uh, at least the investment professionals that they're using have never really articulated it to them. And so, yeah, I do think that's one of the, the biggest things that are going to help you stay in your seat when markets get choppy is knowing what the plan is and knowing why do I own these stocks. Um, and, and a good part of, you know, what, what we do to help, to help clients make money is to buy low and sell high. And, and I think that's really the strategy that, that is behind 
you know, value investing is what Chris was referring to as finding stocks that are undervalued. As you point out, it's important to have a defined strategy. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of strategies that are out there. You know, some are good. Maybe other ones are, are, are not right. What oftentimes you'll find is many investors will jump from one strategy to another if they feel short term the results aren't working exactly the way that they want. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the challenge about switching methodologies or processes um, it, it oftentimes can lead to making short-term emotional decisions, uh, which usually result in, in painful experiences when it comes to investing. Yeah. When you're looking at the term of like value investing, so you're trying to find some of those bargains that are out there, uh, you know, that have good upside potential. Uh, one of the websites that we oftentimes use is Morningstar. So Morningstar.com has some free versions. It also has some paid subscriptions that you can use. And I like uh, a lot of the fair values that they take a look at. Mm-hmm. They'll do kind of an analysis on stocks, and they'll give their analyst outlook and opinion on stuff. Yeah. Uh, we have a close relationship with a company out of Chicago called First Trust, and you know we look at a lot of their analytical data that they provide with uh, for our firm. We meet with them on a regular basis, and you know have talked to them about you know where do they see the upside potential and some of the downside. Even if you look at things like Morningstar, though, Morningstar might tell you that they feel the stock has a 20 or 30 percent upside. Uh, the thing that it doesn't tell you is it doesn't tell you, you know, when that's going to happen. So, the you know, the market is something that ultimately does take time. You know, one of the key characteristics of, you know, being successful in the stock market is having time on your side. Uh, there's some studies that are out there that that talk about the characteristics of being successful in the stock market. And the selection of the actual stock, meaning picking the right stock, I think is a pretty low percentage of what the characteristic right. is of being successful. A big component of it comes down to the proper mix-up and how you build out that portfolio yeah. from the get-go. I just kind of, for our listeners, um, to understand a little bit better of what value means, because it, that's you know sometimes um, a difficult word to understand when it comes to investment. But value investing is really a strategy where we're trying to invest in stocks that are undervalued based on their intrinsic value. And that's where the art form comes in is to determine what's the company worth. But value investors typically try to identify companies that have strong fundamentals like earnings, dividends, assets, good cash flow. But for whatever reason, uh, maybe they're they're just overlooked. Maybe they're thinly traded. Um, there's just not a lot of information about them, which means they're mispriced. And then, you know, the market, for whatever reason, has a lower value on them. And so that's where a value investor is really trying to profit is finding those mispriced assets. Um, I wanted to talk real quickly about a great, one of my favorite books. I like to read books about the uh, investment world and just trying to stay up on it. And one book you can check out is called uh, Good to Great by a, a guy named Jim Collins. And it doesn't specifically talk about value investing, Nolan, but it does offer some insights and some principles that our, our listeners can use to potentially identify value investments in general. And so the book's based on a research project that uh, was headed up by Jim Collins, and they, and they looked at all these companies and why some of them went from good to great and others didn't. And so Collins identified these five principles that would help distinguish companies that might be undervalued but offer good investment prospects. One is good leadership. So level five leaderships, uh, leaders are the people that are humble, uh, they're professional, 
they're concerned with the success, the long-term success of the company and not just necessarily their ego or, or the status quo. Also, look for companies who put, who ask the question, first who, then what? So that means who do they have? You know, what, what is the vision for the company? If they're able to articulate that, you know, great companies typically get the right people in the seat first, get them on the bus is what Jim says, and then they decide where they're going to go. So first, who do we want on the team? Then what? And then the one that I love, I talk about this often, is the hedgehog concept. So companies um, that have the hedgehog concept typically go from good to great. These are the simple but powerful idea that guides the, the strategic decisions in pretty much everything these companies do. So something that you know, maybe they're deeply passionate about or uh, is going to drive the economic engine. But whatever it is, you know, the hedgehog only has one thing. You know, for defense mechanism, they curl into a ball. That's it. Whereas I talk about, you know, the, the wily fox has all these, you know, good ideas to try to capitalize on the hedgehog. But every time all, all the hedgehog has to do is just curl up into a ball. So um, these companies that focus on doing you know, what they do best, not trying to diversify into too many businesses, uh, can potentially offer good value opportunities for our investors. So this is absolutely one of the things that we're going to be talking about, uh, Chris, as you had mentioned. Coming up on October 11th, it's our semi-annual economic update. Uh, it's 6 p.m. at the Hilton Garden Inns in Perrysburg. Uh, reservations are required, but we're going to be talking about, you know, how do you put the odds in your favor? How do you finish uh, 2023 strong? And more importantly, how do you get positioned to go into 2024, which, uh, as we'll talk about here in a couple of minutes, could be a pretty volatile year. Uh, so that information is available. We would love to have you come out and uh, continue the conversation about where to take advantage of the stock market uh, and give you our insider guidance. You may hear this advice that, that Nolan and Chaz are giving right now, and, and it makes sense, you know, clearly actually being able to put it uh, to work for you, you know, knowing yourself and, and taking the emotion out of it could be a little trickier to do. We are an emotional species after all. If you need a little help with that, again, the Economic Summit coming up in October, you can go to ARHQ.com, click on the Events tab to go ahead and reserve your seat. Or if you can't make it or you just want to jump the line and sit down with the team and start talking about your strategy going forward in retirement, just go ahead and give a call, 419 794 3030. You would think that if people are delaying or reversing their retirement, it's because of money. It is the number one concern among retirees and pre-retirees, after all, running out of money. But a new survey, it, it begs to differ. It found half wanted to continue the intellectual stimulation from working. Another third said they don't want to feel a lack of purpose. Have you come across this with, with some of your clients? It, it's really kind of what we refer to as the mind shift. You know, the mind shift is going from, you know, getting up every single day and, you know, doing the nine to five, as they call it being used to that routine and then figuring out, you know, if they go ahead and retire, you know, what does that look like? And, you know, how do you look for purpose after retirement? Um, I think in this example where it found a, a lot of the people wanted to continue to work for that an intellectual stimulation makes a ton of sense. I mean, the last thing you want to do is retire, uh, sit at home and turn on uh, the news channel and watch news all day long. It'll, you know, drive you insane and yeah. it's, it's super unhealthy. But, a lot of the times that we're finding people that are retiring, it's a matter of looking for how do they determine what they do with their wealth and create a purpose. Um, you were recently doing a social security presentation, and you know, in that presentation, we talk a lot about different strategies on when to draw benefits. And you know, the the common theme that we talk to people about is it may be better off 
to get the most bang for the buck to delay benefits. But in the example, you had talked about a lady named Emily who had uh, recently sold her business. She had substantial assets saved up. Technically, she could decide to delay taking Social Security till later on in life because she had enough other financial assets. She would have got more money. But she chose to take her benefits early because what it allowed her to do is it allowed her to start working on you know, the purpose of creating that legacy you know, while she still had the ability to do so, uh, looked at some strategies to be able to kind of make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as somebody who's uh, actively involved with the organization called Hooves, uh, that's another great way to, to have purpose. There's you know, so many different organizations. We've had a lot of those here on our radio show when we're talking about committed to the 419 about organizations that you can get involved in, that you can take your years of talent uh, and make a big difference. You know, there's a lot that goes into that concept of wealth with, with purpose. But when I when I talk about the concept of wealth with purpose, to me, it's more of a spiritual approach to money management. Um, in many cases, it's going to apply some some wisdom, some principles about personal finances and about your business, about your church or your ministry. It's going to help align your financial goals um, really to the decisions that, you know, spiritually might be most important to you in, in the future, helps you sometimes avoid some of the, the pitfalls that we tend to fall into sometimes, dangers of money, greed, dishonesty, anxiety. But it but the point being is that it's hard sometimes for retirees, I think, to develop, um, a, to find a purpose for their money after retirement or a purpose in general, um, because they've spent such a big part of their lives in the uh, the rat race, if you will, and, and working and building a career. And so t- retirement, for a lot of reasons, is stressful because it's a time for transition. There's a lot of uncertainty associated with it. And then in some cases, because they're no longer working, Nolan, they lose that identity. And I think that's the biggest challenge for finding a purpose. Um, but it can be a good good opportunity, too. I mean, anytime there's stress, that's an opportunity for growth, right, and fulfillment. And so um, there's a couple of things I think our listeners could probably do and, and comment on this, um, just jump in here. But if you just take some time to really reflect on what's important to you, and that's actually one of the questions we ask in our first initial discovery with clients is, you know, what's important to you when it comes to money? What do you value as it pertains to money? What are you passionate about? Um, you know, what are the things that matter? Or who are the people that matter most to you? So I think if we help our clients answer these questions, we're going to get them at least one step closer to finding purpose for their money. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's about developing what's important to them and then establishing what those goals are. You know, when we look at it, it's coaching them. You know, a lot of times we're able to help offer that coaching and the the ability to kind of mentor them with other retirees that we work with, with other organizations that we work with. But and there oftentimes is still financial decisions that can help create that wealth, give Mm -hmm. your money even more of a purpose. I mean, if we think about this, wealth usually is gone uh, either during somebody's lifetime or even when they pass it to the next generation. It's it's rare it makes it two or three generations beyond that. Um, I had a conversation recently uh, with a radio show listener that had called in, came into the office, um, was pretty excited about the fact of they're not paying taxes right now. And, you know, they haven't really had to touch their retirement nest egg, which is great that they've been able to have other sources of income Mm -hmm. that were able to minimize the taxes that they have. But, you know, by going through the planning process and talking about the goals with them, what I found out in, in Bill's situation 
you know, if he doesn't spend his money, his desire is to pass on that money to his children. Yeah. Pretty common that we would hear that. Mm-hmm. The challenge about that is his investments are tax-deferred retirement accounts. So although he's not paying taxes right now, when he passes that money on to his children, most likely they're going to end up in a tax situation. Mm-hmm. Plus, the investments should be worth more money because they're continuing to grow. He's not touching them until he's forced to with required minimum distributions. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, the tax rates could be higher in the future. Now, in his situation, what we did is we created a tax roadmap and we ran an analysis. And again, you want to always consult with your accountant before you make any financial decisions that impact your taxes. But uh, when we looked at it, there was some money that he was able to take and move out of his retirement account and still be in a either zero or very low tax bracket. And so it may be better off that legacy is important in his situation. It, for the purpose of his retirement, he may really want to start detaxifying that retirement account, systematically moving that money over into what could be potentially tax-free accounts. Uh, that could be in the form of life insurance. That could be in the form of Roth IRAs. But doing what he was doing, uh, unfortunately, was going to create what could be a tax time bomb yeah. for his family. So again, there's a lot of value, I think, of talking with a financial professional about what's important to you, establishing those goals, and then having a team like ours kind of work through the numbers to figure out you know, mathematically what are the steps that you can take now to achieve the likelihood of increasing the odds of success to develop a plan with a purpose. Yeah, and it's not just a one-time event either. You know, Finding purpose for retirement is going to be an ongoing process, in my opinion, and it's going to require, like you said, a lot of reflection and some action, and we're going to have to adapt because you're going to change. You know, Your lifestyle is going to change. Um, quick note on that. We just had a meeting with a client or a couple today. You know, Nolan, how difficult is it, though, when you're trying to determine wealth with purpose, but when both spouses are not on the same page? You know, and that's something that sometimes more, it was more tongue in cheek, more jokingly, but one spouse was like, no, I plan on having the last check bounce. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other spouse was like, no, we're not doing that, honey. We want to leave some money. And so that does kind of take a a little bit of reconciliation. It comes down to cash flows and and again, setting those realistic um, expectations and those goals. But you do need to kind of look at it as a couple sometimes as well, and I've experienced that where they're just not on the same page. The financial planning process kind of opens that Pandora box up, and you know we we get to the bottom of what they really want to accomplish. So it's really rewarding when when we get to the middle there, and there's a, a happy medium somewhere. Sometimes there's a degree of uh, marriage counseling that you guys have to do mm-hmm. uh, at, at the team, and I'm glad you brought that up actually, Chaz, because. It, you know, what is important to you in retirement? What are your values? It doesn't necessarily have to be completely altruistic. Maybe it's not an organization or leaving a legacy to your, your kids. Maybe you do want your, your last check to, to, to bounce to the undertaker. That is your prerogative. It is your money after all. But any way you go about it, you're going to have to have a plan in place to make sure that that is executed properly, to make sure that that check doesn't start bouncing five years before, you know, <laughs> the end after all. But you need to have a plan in place. That's where the team at America's Retirement Headquarters comes into play to get started, 419-794-3030, or you can go to the website as well, arhq.com. It's no secret that college football is back, and each week seems to bring us uh, thrilling games. One of the more thrilling college football games from the first week of the season saw Duke upset, then number 9 Clemson. But in the aftermath of the victory, winning quarterback Riley Leonard realized he missed the deadline to turn in his homework, so he made this request of his professor, Donald Taylor. 
Professor Taylor, if you're seeing this, please let me turn in my homework late because it's due tonight. I think it's 12, so it may already be 12. Hey, Riley, great game last night, man. It was so exciting. Congratulations to you and all your teammates. But, you know, Wesley Williams and the other linemen who were in the class, they said they prepared ahead and did it ahead of time. So why didn't the quarterback? So no way, man. No extension. You know, he took a shot there and it didn't work on him. Uh, in retirement planning, there are also deadlines for things like contributing to accounts, taking those required minimum distributions, or filing for Social Security at the right age. How do you help clients prepare for these so their retirement doesn't go into overtime? Yeah, you know, we talked uh, recently at some of our workshops about this a lot. In fact, when you look at like Medicare and Social Security, there are important deadlines to follow, and you don't want to miss these retirement deadlines. When you go over them and you look at different deadlines that are out there, the first thing I think about is I think about deadlines that happen every year. So these are ones that strike 1231. Uh, you know, you have to get some things done. And, you know, now that fall is here, the the clock is kind of ticking as well. And, you know, the, the challenge is, is in football, maybe you get an overtime. But in life with your finances, a lot of these areas, they don't result in overtime. In fact, they result in penalties. Mm-hmm or missed opportunities. So when we think about things on a yearly basis, uh, we think about things like contributions, uh, the amount of money you can put into your 401k or IRA, and you know what are the steps you can take to kind of increase the amount that you have in your contributions. Uh, another one is conversion. So for some folks, it makes sense to proactively take and address maybe paying some taxes now versus waiting till later. Uh, in the previous segment, I talked a little bit about a gentleman who called from the radio on Bill. And in Bill's situation, he had the ability where he could take and he can convert money over each year into a Roth IRA and potentially still stay at a zero or very low tax bracket. And that way, if taxes went up in the future and or all the profit that he made, he had the potential to have some tax-free dollars for him and his uh, family. But in you know, going back, looking at the past, he probably could have been doing this for the last several years since he retired. Uh, and that's a missed opportunity. So he can't go back in time with those conversion opportunities. Yeah. Required minimum distributions. You want to talk about one of the biggest penalties that is out there that can be, you know, assessed by the IRS. It's failure to meet a required minimum distribution. And this has been a moving target. You know, it used to be 70 and a half, then they switched it. Now it's 73. It's gradually going up to 75. So it's not surprising that a retiree can be confused what is the right amount to take out for required minimum distributions. And then also by the end of the year, you have to take a look at your taxable accounts and run some of those gain-loss reports. You have to figure out you know, how much uh, capital gains have been paid out? Uh, you know, should you maybe sell off some of your losers to offset those gains? Is there a way to get a deduction? So when I think about it, Chaz, I think, again, there's two categories. It's what to do every year. Mm-hmm. And then secondarily, I think that there's a, a topic when it comes down to ages also. But yeah, I mean, it's important um, to avoid making these retirement deadline uh, mistakes and, and missing these dates. And I think a couple of things, you mentioned them, Nolan. One is just planning ahead. So knowing, marking your calendar maybe even, or marking your, your cell phone calendar with some important dates that maybe when your RMDs come up, maybe if that's four or five years into the future, still put it on your calendar. Um, getting enrolled in socialsecurity.gov, you know, and making sure that you know you're up to date on all of your benefits and what the benefits are for waiting in some of these cases. 
Also, one of the things that I typically like to do for clients over the age of 70, uh, you know, 73 now, but uh, in the past, we would set up automatic withdrawals or automatic distributions or maybe automatic um, rollover contributions or uh, conversions from a retirement account so you don't have to worry about missing them and so that your required minimum distribution is automatically going to come out on the same time every year. Uh, reviewing your retirement statements and regularly scheduling your six-month annual review, which we do a great job here, of, just like at the dentist office, you're going to have your second appointment set up for the year once you leave here. So that way it doesn't go years and it, we don't miss anything for a, a, a long time that causes more errors and more penalties. And then just getting advice from a financial planner, uh, tax advisors, retirement specialist to kind of help you understand some of the rules and regulations, because like you said, they change. You know, we were just talking about on a few shows ago about the catch-up contribution having to go into Roth accounts in 401ks and that deadline being end of the year. Now that's been pushed back for another three years, I read now. So it just, you know, I was talking to my dad about it. He runs a 401k and I'm like, dad, you got a little bit of time now, you know, we can stave off a little bit, but you know, he's running around pulling his hair out, trying to figure out what to do by the end of the year. And I'm like, Dad, it's okay. You've got some time. So just staying in touch with an advisor and planning ahead, I think, are two of the biggest things you can do. Yeah, lots of different time frames to pay attention to. And again, you know, failure to follow some of these rules out there and missing some of these deadlines can create lifetime penalties. So you've got, you know, missed opportunities for catch-up contributions at age 50, uh, 55, 401k opportunities. Uh, 59 and a half, you have the ability for in-service withdrawals from a 401k. Uh, no longer penalties for withdrawals from IRAs, annuities, and life insurance. Uh, age 62 to 70, when to draw Social Security. And if you take uh, Social Security early, you could get lifetime reduction of your benefits. Uh, 65 is Medicare, and you get lifetime penalties if you don't you know, sign up for Medicare at the correct time. And as you point out, age 73 is required minimum distribution. So yeah. it absolutely can be confusing, and that's where you know having a retirement coach kind of help walk you through it uh, make sure that uh, you don't get penalized and uh, don't miss these deadlines. I know we threw a lot of numbers and ages out there at you. Here's one to keep in mind, 419-794-3030. That's how you get in touch with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. They can let you know what you need to be doing at what point for your particular circumstances. Again, 419-794-3030. You can also go to the website, arhq.com. It is estimated that one in five American households are caring for a special needs child and living with their parents after they become adults poses a whole new set of financial issues. Cindy Haddad uh, is the author of The Special Needs Planning Guide. She talked to uh, Morningstar recently. We need to talk about the reality that someday parents may physically not be able to care for their child in the way that they've been accustomed to. And the worst thing that could happen is the parent dies or the parent becomes disabled and needs to go to an assisted living or nursing home. And then who else is there to pick up the pieces for both? So it just makes it even more complex if there are other brothers and sisters. You're leaving a double burden to them to figure out how to care for mom and dad, how to care for their sibling, and also how to live their own life. Have you guys done financial planning for families with a special needs child? And what obstacles did you, did you help them overcome in the process? I think there, you know, is such an importance when you have a family that has a special needs to understand, you know, how to navigate kind of the landscape. You know, one of the things that I really like about our organization is what we talk about is our team approach. And the decisions that are made with financial planning are going to impact things like taxes. They're going to impact things like government benefits. 
They're going to impact things like estate planning. So this is an area where I think it's so crucial to work with a team where you have the financial planner, you have the estate planning attorney, you have the CPA, all kind of working together with the client to make those type of decisions. Um, you know, I have two young boys, um, not necessarily in a, in a special needs situation, but I know when, you know, my kids were young, one of the things that I was concerned about was uh, beneficiaries. You know, heaven forbid if something happened to mom and dad and we both passed away, you know, my kids at a young age, I still have one in college and one in high school. They're becoming more mature, but their ability to deal with the management of money, you know, could be somewhat of a challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, we see that same type of concern that comes up uh, with things like beneficiary mistakes when dealing with, with special needs. Now, you can compound it in the fact that, you know, some people who are special needs children, they actually are getting some type of government benefit. And so if these assets like the retirement accounts, the 401ks, are, are left in a beneficiary designation to that special needs child, they could lose out on some of their benefits. Mm -hmm. Medicaid and SSI. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, uh, when that uh, discussion was just had there that uh, Cindy was talking about the special needs planning guide, you know, I think another area that she talked a lot about was that caregiver instruction. Mm. Yeah, uh, caregiver instruction. And so, um, you, you know, that's basically what we would refer to as more of a letter of intent, something that's going to provide guidance and information about um, for future caregivers about your child and give any specific uh, medical history, maybe, or any, any other preferences, maybe, that the child has, their daily routines are a big one, social activities, any future goals. And so, yeah, the, a letter of intent, um, while it's not legally binding, it, it's a tremendous resource for future caregivers because it's going to allow them to allow you, and, and I would say not even a parent, but I've got a, a client that is a, a caregiver for their special needs sister. And so um, anybody that you want to be able to communicate wishes and expectations for the, the child or even the adult's life, I think is important to have uh, a written letter of intent. Um, you know, but you, you hit it on the head there. I think the number one issue is the eligibility for some of these government benefits. And so watching out for, um, you know, having potentially a special needs trust, and this is where we work with an attorney, but watching out for some of those pitfalls so that they don't inherit a ton of money and then are no longer eligible for Medicaid or Social Security or any other government benefit, which is um, definitely a, a big part of their care. Uh, another one... Um, to add to the, the list of topics to discuss would be um, guardianship. And so you kind of touched on it a little bit, and this isn't even for special needs children, but this is for gar this is for kids in general. Uh, I had a situation where um, the stepmom left money to the grandkids, and one of the grandkids was under 18. And the mother came in, and she couldn't she she couldn't she wasn't automatically the guardian for the child. She had a birth certificate, but that doesn't show that she's financially or um, you know just eligible to to be that person. So they actually had to go through a court process to have the mother actually be determined as the actual guardian. So you need to get that stuff written in advance, not just for special needs children, but for any child. You want to make sure that um, you have a guardianship or a power of attorney for your child. You know, up until when they turn eighteen. Yeah, I mean, when we're thinking about it from an estate perspective, you know, these are issues that you don't get a do-over. Mm -hmm. You know, so whatever's in writing is oftentimes what's going to happen, and that's when these blow-ups could occur. 
Uh, I can think of another situation, Chaz, that we were working with, and we'll call these people Tom and Sarah. You know, Tom and Sarah have a special needs child. Um, their child is going to need care for his entire lifetime. He's already getting some of these government benefits. But, you know, for Tom and Sarah, they came in and they had done a, a decent job. They built up a, a nice nest egg for their retirement. They don't necessarily need it because of Social Security, pensions, and their other sources of income. You know, but when we looked at this and went through the planning process, one of the things that really jumped out in their situation is, heaven forbid, if mom or dad needed some type of long-term care, you know, under the spend-down rules, meaning that mom and dad needed to pay for their care if they ended up in a nursing home, you know, the, the worst possible case scenario is that they then exhaust all of these assets because mom and dad needed long-term care. And by planning ahead and taking a look at the situation, we were able to give them some advice that they were able to go take to their financial advisor and be able to implement some strategies on how to be able to kind of protect their assets if they needed long-term care. And by doing that now, it was one of those areas that was able to kind of check off the list. Now, in addition to that, the plan that we had structured, it also incorporated some life insurance. So another potential issue uh, that we talk about is when one of the spouses passes away, the income needs don't necessarily get cut in half. They may go down a little bit, but there still can be value in the form of life insurance to protect the surviving spouse's income. And also from, again, maximizing that estate plan, if mom and dad don't spend it, that money could be more efficient uh, transferring over. Life insurance can be paid out uh, income tax-free, probate-free cash. So again, dealing with financial planning for a special needs child, um, this is an area that takes you know some white gloves to deal with. Mm -hmm. This is an area that America's retirement headquarters, you know, we can help work with your team. You might have a an accountant, maybe you have an attorney that you work with, but you know, if you don't, let's get everybody all on the same side of the table together to help you develop a plan. So heaven forbid, if something happens to you, you're not put into a crisis situation mm -hmm. and we get you and your family the care that you need if and when you ever need it. Speaking from experience uh, with a special needs child of my own, it is important to have the team, you know, in our case, the medical team, have them all be aligned and on the same page. The same sort of thing when it comes to taking care of your special needs child, you know, either uh, while you are living or if you're, you know, medically incapacitated or what have you, make sure everyone is still aligned to make sure that, that what is best for your child, your special needs child going forward uh, or, you know, in any situation, a spouse, what have you, it all comes back down to having a plan. And the team at America's Retirement Headquarters can help you with that. 419-794-3030 is the phone number. Or you can go to the website as well. Schedule a time, always available day and night, ARHQ.com. If you saw the movie The Big Short, actor uh, Christian Bale played the part of Michael Burry, who made billions when he bet against the 2008 housing market before its collapse. Recently, uh, Burry placed another bet, this one for $1.6 billion dollars that the market is going to crash again, this time because of commercial real estate. Shark Tank's Kevin O'Leary spoke on Fox Business about how regional banks hold a lot of commercial real estate loans, and, well, they're headed for trouble. They were financed at 5 to 6%. They will now be 8, 9, 10, 11%. That's going to cause a real run again on these banks, because if you have a payroll account in a regional bank right now, you're quietly moving it to Citi or to JP Morgan or Morgan Stanley. You can't take the risk. So that run is going to continue. This gets worse before it gets better. And what's it doing to small business? Killing them right now. He's got a, a flair for uh, uh, the dramatic there. Do you see this as a big threat to the health of the economy and people's retirement accounts? 
I, I see it as a big risk next year. I think, you know, going into 2024, I think there's a lot of, you know, landmines that are out there that, you know, people need to navigate through. But, you know, the good news is, is volatility creates opportunities. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's a matter of knowing what you own. Um, I talk a lot about this in uh, meeting with clients. And, you know, one of the ways that our firm is different, I'd say, from other firms and the fact that, you know, most people will stick with traditional asset allocation, meaning they'll buy uh, a little bit of everything. They'll buy large growth, large value, large blend, medium, small, international stocks, bonds, and they'll just balance it out. Shotgun. Yeah, they'll hopefully have more go up than down. And that shotgun type of an approach is, is quite a bit different than what I was taught in the military. So when I served in the Marine Corps and, you know, we were shooting down range, I either hit my target or not. So if you go back and you listen to, you know, some of the past advice that we gave on the show, you know, when interest rates had hit rock bottom out, we had talked about the threat that we saw with rising interest rates within the bond market category. You know, the traditional set it and forget it approach, you know, was a dangerous approach because there was a significant interest rate risk that was out there. There was other alternatives that we believe investors should have, could have looked at in that type of environment. So if there's an area that has extreme risk, it's like that may not be an area where we want to take and position money at, especially when you're in retirement time, because, you know, retirement, it doesn't give you the luxury of time to make up for major losses. Dare I even say a known risk at the time? I mean, we knew interest rates were going up, and yet, you know, we still, after doing reviews, saw people having bonds. And we would ask them, like, what have they done? What has your advisor done to you know, take care of this known risk. We know interest rates are going up and it's kind of like deer in the headlights, nothing. Yeah, yeah. So this is another area where, again, this talks about the fact that you have a large amount of commercial real estate that is set to be able to be refinanced. And, you know, what we saw is in 2023, a dramatic increase in interest rates. Uh, that's good for savers. And if you're a saver and you're not getting over 5%, on your safe money, we should be talking. But, you know, for those people that are in debt, commercial loans, you know, what we saw after COVID is this work from home environment. Now, that slightly changed a little bit. A lot of people are coming back to work. But, you know, even driving around Toledo or here in Maumee, you see a lot of commercial space is still not fully occupied. Now, in addition to that, if the commercial loan, it resets to a higher rate, that means that owner of that mortgage is ultimately going to be responsible for paying that higher interest rate. Mm -hmm. And that could put strain in the financial banking world, in this case, as they talk about the regional bank. So it's so important, folks, for you to know what you own and get yourself positioned on where to invest in 2024. It's my belief that you want to continue to focus on companies that are, you know, cash rich, low debt, have strong profitabilities and have a competitive advantage uh, from their competition that's out there. That type of well, area is a strong area to have. You also want to have uh, areas on where to invest for 2024 uh, that can be companies that people need every single day. So, you know, whether we have uh, a meltdown, uh, what are the type of products and what are the type of services that you need every single day, regardless of what the state of the economy is, and then in some cases, there's some good trade-offs right now where it might be a good idea with the strong run-up that we've had in 2023 to rebalance your portfolio. There could be some rare areas where you'd maybe want to take some uh, risk off the table. Again, going back to if you look at 
traditional fixed rates today, you know, most fixed investments in the safer category are over 5% today. So for some of those areas that are risk, you can reduce some of the risk by taking it away from those risky assets like stocks and bonds, reposition them into other fixed accounts to high, uh, higher uh, returns and less volatility. Yeah. And not, I think a bigger one, what Kevin is missing is not only just the commercial um, debt market, but I, but my understanding is that there's a tremendous amount of treasury debt, just U.S. treasuries that are expected to be uh, refinanced in the next four years. Um, some of the estimates say that uh, one source reports that $7.6 trillion in interest-bearing U.S. public debt will be, uh, you know, expire and will need to be refinanced in the hmm. next year. So uh, that's about 31% of all the outstanding government debt. In addition to that, in the next four years, there's another $13.1 trillion that's expected to mature. That's 64% of the United States public debt is coming due in the next four or five years. I mean, that's going to be a, a significant challenge that the U.S. government is going to face as it tries to manage its debt portfolio um, and, and just you know financing the government's spending needs in the future. It's it's mind-boggling. Um, there's landmines all over the place. But this one is one that we probably will be talking about in future segments and one that I think our listeners need to stay on top of is what's coming due in, in the U.S. government treasury that we need to watch out for. So more to come on that. Yeah, I'd say last category to talk about, as we talked about last week, the other thing is uh, you know the student loan forgiveness and the debt repayment and the obligation that that's going to put on Americans that had to pay back their debt. 2024 could be setting it up to be a, a wild ride. So here's exactly what you need to do as a listener to this radio show. Uh, what I would encourage you to do is be one of the first five callers. And for the first five callers, what we're going to do is we're going to do an independent portfolio analysis for you. We're going to dive deep into your investments, and we're going to be able to tell you what your GPA score is and tell you how to optimize your overall portfolio. We'll look at what your actual holdings are. We'll talk about how your position from an asset allocation standpoint, making sure that when we see some of these big threats that are coming out there, what percentage of your money is exposed to those type of threats and what are possible ideas and solutions and alternatives to help get you positioned and not only survive but thrive next year. Because again, volatility can create opportunity, but this is not a time to be sitting back setting and forgetting. This is a time to take action, and that's exactly what we're happy to do and help you out with. Uh, if you're one of the first five callers this week, again, as Nolan generously offered up the independent portfolio analysis, let you know what moves you need to go ahead and make to whether or what may be coming down the line. Just be one of the first five callers right now, 419-794-3030. Shoppers at Costco are doing a double take. Fall officially arrives this weekend, Halloween, just a month away. And already the warehouse store is selling Christmas trees and other holiday decorations. Whether you think that's too early or not, it serves as a reminder that uh, the end of the year is, is fast approaching. Guys, what should be on our autumn financial checklist? And is it too early to make an appointment with you for a year-end review? No, we love year-end reviews. And, you know, we're more than happy to get together. It's now the time to take a look at running these numbers because it gives you an opportunity to kind of Sleep on it, digest it, determine, you know, if it makes sense. You have an opportunity to talk with your CPA if it's going to be important tax things. But, you know, the the leaves are changing here in Northwest Ohio. We know what's coming. And, mm -hmm. you know, that deadline is going to be here before long. When you look at year-end financial checklist, 
there really are some important things to take a look at. We had a segment earlier today that we had talked about uh, different things that need to be done throughout the, the time of the year. That's like, you know, looking at your Roth conversions or required minimum distributions. And, you know, if you miss that segment and you want to find out about retirement deadlines not to miss, uh, go over to our website, America's Retirement Headquarters dot com or just look us up on uh, YouTube or any podcast and you can watch that past show uh, on some more tips. But those are areas that, again, you have to take a look at from a financial checklist going over and looking at uh, what are your capital gains payouts. If you have non-taxable retirement accounts, making sure that you understand what those are. Uh, if you have required minimum distributions, um, maybe you're philanthropic. Maybe you want to do something impactful with your RMD, and that could be donating to a charity. But either way, making sure that you get it out because your failure to do so can result in substantial penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, missing those deadlines can be uh, crucial, and you don't really get a do-over if you miss some of those deadlines that are out there. Yeah. I agree. I think fourth quarter is a good time to do the retirement checklist review for a lot of reasons. Um, it, it's a good good time uh, just because there's a lot of deadlines, opportunities you can take advantage of before the new year begins. So, you know, some of the reasons or some of the um, things that I think should be on your checklist, you know, it's a good time to start shopping for your Medicare coverage during the open enrollment season, which um, generally runs from October 15th to December 7th. And so, this can help you plan for the 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 healthcare plan that's going to suit you best in the new year and it's not always the same one as previous year i sit right next to scott he's been on the phone all day long talking with clients i know there's been a change in one of the the local providers and so he's been doing some some triage there um, you know, you may also be able to deduct uh, out-of-pocket health care expenses if they exceed 7.5% of your income. And so um, if you're close to hitting that threshold and you've got some procedures maybe that are planning on coming up, um, maybe even your deductible for your life insurance for your health insurance plan, it might make sense to kind of bunch those together, you know, take a look, reevaluate to see what your expenses are so far for the year in healthcare, and then maybe schedule some of those procedures or, or some of those, um, you know, things, doctor's visits that need to be done before the end of the year. So you can qualify maybe for some additional, uh, healthcare related deductions off your income. Um, it's also a good time to, you know, gather the receipts, documents that you need for your, your filing. That's always fun, at least for a, an independent advisor, uh, self-employed, you know, getting all those, um, you know, receipts together that are stuck in the, you know, console of my, my car and in my book bag and all that stuff and getting them together. Cause you don't want to miss any deductions or any credits that you might qualify for. And then, uh, obviously, like you said, uh, big time for charitable deductions, uh, if you've got a required minimum distribution that's due this year and you're donating to charity or church or, you know, causes that you feel passionate about out of your checking account, Nolan, that's a no-no, right? We want to definitely be taking from your required minimum distribution, sending to the the, the church, you know, the, the required minimum money because that's a tax deduction for our clients. So, um, you know, that that's definitely, you know, my list my Christmas checklist before the end of the year, those are some of the things that we're checking off on, our, on it. 
Yeah, I think, you know, again, as a small business owner myself, if you think about it, you know, we work with a lot of small business owners. So if you're a small business owner and you're listening to the show and you, you need a second opinion, maybe you're not working with a financial professional, this is an area going through this checklist. I think there are a lot of different things that can be done, whether it's talking about, you know, what does your company-sponsored retirement plan look like? Uh, what are the changes maybe you should be looking at for healthcare-wise for you, yourself, your family, your employees? Um, looking at things as a small business owner, you know, should you take and maybe spend some money on things that you're going to have expenses for next year? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's better off to make some of those purchases this year. Maybe it's better off to delay those purchases to next year. Mm -hmm. But grouping some of those expenses together as a small business owner can really kind of help you uh, navigate the landscape. Then when, when we're looking at it as an, an investment professional, yeah. Um, conducting that year-end portfolio review, there's some good things that can happen. As I mentioned earlier, number one, looking at if you have a taxable account, uh, looking at maybe investments that have some losses in there, try to look at tax-loss harvesting uh, to be able to get some uh, reductions in what you uh, pay uh, to not being surprised with uh, capital gains that were passed through in mutual funds with the big run-up that we had this year. Uh, we talked about creating a tax roadmap for you, looking at doing a Roth conversion, not missing the December 31st deadline to determine if a Roth conversion could make sense for you. Topping off those contributions, you know, to your retirement accounts in general. It all adds up. And then even going in and taking a look at uh, the portfolio review, it's a good time, you know, if you're setting yourself up for a regular rebalance. Uh, this year, you know, we've had equities have performed extremely well. Uh, in a previous segment, we talked a little bit about, you know, where we see some of the risk in the market in the future. You know, so getting prepared and developing your plan for 2024 is crucial. Uh, so, Chris, I'd say, yeah, it is September. It's uh, late September. But uh, now is absolutely the time to be calling and getting an appointment on our schedule, uh, going through the checklist and making sure that, you uh, you can get ready to go as the, the end of the year is not too far away. No, it's a, it's a pretty uh, severe reminder, you know, seeing Christmas decorations at Costco right now. Is it too early to, to schedule us your interview? Not at all. And, and quite uh, to the contrary, you can find a time that's going to work best for you, uh, you know, a more convenient time as people who maybe use their dental or vision benefits, you know, in December know. Sometimes you just have to go with whatever appointment you can get if you go ahead and, and take care of it right now. One less thing you have to concern yourself with as you enter into 2024, which will be here before you know it. It all starts with the phone call, 419-794-3030. You can also go to the website, arhq.com. Don't forget, a lot of events coming up, including the uh, semi-annual economic summit coming up here in a couple of weeks. You can find out more information, including how to reserve your seat for those, arhq.com. Click on the events tab. And we want to thank you, as we always do. Really do appreciate you taking some time out of your day to spend with us here on America's Retirement Headquarters. Please have a great week ahead of you. Be safe out there. Guys, as always, grateful for your time. And as we wrap up, I want to leave you with the final word. Yeah, great quote for this week. It's from C.S. Lewis, and it is, you are never too old to set a new goal or dream a new dream. So have a great week, folks. Uh, enjoy it. And just remember, when you think retirement, think America's Retirement Headquarters. It's home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. We'll see you back here next week. Same time, same channel on Toledo's largest talk station, 1370 WSPD.
America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstance. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.